Hello and welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm Amy and I'm here with Brad. Good to be here with you as always, Amy. Now, last time we had a wonderful discussion on Acts 3 and 4, and we talked about the boldness of the apostles and what they were really willing to risk for Jesus. Yes, and today this risky business continues as the apostles continue to preach boldly and to minister there in Jerusalem, and and that ministry continues to thrive. Right, so we're going to do a brief overview of chapters 5 through 7 today. And this will take us up through the end of the portion of Acts that primarily focuses on the church in Jerusalem. And wow, there was a lot going on in Jerusalem. Let me read a passage from Acts 5, verses 12 to 16. Uh, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick in the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. The apostles had a lot going on, Amy. They really had a lot going on. And such a powerful ministry there in Jerusalem. Not only was it powerful, but as I said, they had their hands full. Think about all those sick people that were being brought for healing. Think about all those brand new believers that needed discipling. Think about the sheer logistics of the whole thing. The apostles were up to their eyeballs in in both needs and opportunities. Yes, it seems as though there would have been enough to keep them busy for many years to come without really adding anything else to their plate. Exactly. It would have made all the sense in the world to stay in Jerusalem and attend to all the needs there. And there were certainly still many people who had not believed yet at this point. Yes, lots and lots of people who still needed to hear the gospel. So it would have made all the sense in the world to just stay there, as I said. And and some of them certainly did. But God has other plans for many of them. And we will see, starting in Acts 8, that God scatters them out and calls them out to share the gospel in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This going forth with the gospel, even though there are still needs to be met, it's a good reminder for us today. As we've talked about on past episodes, there are many who wonder, why should we go out to the nations when there's so much need here? And God says, I'm sufficient to meet the needs here and in the rest of the world, and I want to see the entire world saved. So we shouldn't dismiss the idea of going because we see great need here. Exactly, Amy. And God's power displayed among the church in Jerusalem certainly was sufficient to transform lives there and to spread the gospel beyond the city. Well, Brad, I believe after the passage you just read, the apostles once again face persecution for ministering in the name of Jesus. Indeed they do. And they're put in jail, but an angel of the Lord opens the door to their jail cell and tells them in verse 20 to go stand in the temple courts and tell the people about this new life, the very thing they've just been put in jail for. And so that that's what they do. It's really hard to say no to something a heavenly being asks you to do. <laughs> no, that's right. I imagine it would be hard. Uh, and, and I can only imagine the look on the faces of the officials who were sent by the Sanhedrin to bring the apostles to them and when they found their jail cells empty. And so these officials go back and report this to the Sanhedrin, and, and they are just at a loss. Yeah. One of the best parts of this story is when someone comes in and says, um, those men you put in jail, they're standing out in the temple courts teaching. It's just a great picture to imagine. It sure is. And Luke tells us that the officers who who eventually go and get them don't use force with them because they're afraid that they will be stoned by the people. That's how much impact the apostles are having there in Jerusalem. 
And so they're brought before the Sanhedrin where they're questioned again. And the religious leaders say, hey, we told you to stop doing this. And the apostles' response is one of the most powerful lines in Acts. Verse 29 says this, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. Amen. What we see here is similar to what we talked about last time. There's a cost for the apostles to continue to teach the people about Jesus. But instead of shying away from this because it's risky, they say we have to obey God. We cannot fear men above God. Brad, this certainly is a timely reminder during these crazy times. Yes, I don't know exactly when this episode will air. I'm guessing it'll be sometime this summer. But we are recording this in March. And as you said, these are crazy times with the public health scare that's going on. And we don't know how everything is going to turn out for this summer. It sure would be nice if we could jump in a time machine and see uh, where things stand when this episode airs. I really would enjoy doing that. (laughs) Me too. But for now, we wait and we trust and we don't give in to fear. This had to be a very intimidating moment the apostles were facing. We read later that the Sanhedrin has them flogged. That was no light punishment. It was a severe, painful lashing. But more than being fearful of men or anything else, they fear God, and they're going to obey him. Yes, so how do you see this applying to our current situation? Well, I certainly feel a weight of our students going out into an uncertain world each year, uh, not only because I care about them, but also because I know I'm going to be the one who has to give an answer if anything happens. But at the same time, I know that I'm going to have to give an answer before the Lord. And so I want to be someone who obeys God above all else and doesn't give in to fear. Our culture has led us to believe that wisdom means avoiding risk, period. This simply isn't supported by the Bible. Part of wisdom may mean avoiding foolish risks, and, and that's, I think that's a good thing to remember. But there are risks worth taking. And we see from the example of the apostles that teaching about Jesus is a risk worth taking. And the consequences for them were far more severe than most of us will ever face. Yet they believe it's worth it. That is a timely word, Brad. And in fact, the Sanhedrin initially wants to put the apostles to death for what they've said. But then a Pharisee named Gamaliel stands up and starts to speak. Yes, this is another wonderful part of the story. And I wish we knew more about Gamaliel. We don't know a lot other than his words here. And later we find out that the Apostle Paul was taught by Gamaliel, which is a very interesting connection. It makes you wonder what conversations they may have had after Paul was converted. But alas, we aren't privy to this. But either way, Gamaliel provides some words of wisdom here that persuades the Sanhedrin to spare the apostles. Amy, would you read Gamaliel's speech? Yeah, here's what it says. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Thudius appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all of his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all of his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Hmm, Such a great, such great words of wisdom. And so they just get flogged, which, as we said earlier, was no minor punishment. And then Luke tells us something that is very counterintuitive. Yes, we read that the apostles left rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. 
you certainly don't hear a lot about people rejoicing over suffering disgrace, do you? No, this beating was intended to dissuade the apostles from sharing about Jesus, but instead they're spurred on. And in verse 42, it says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So here we have a group of people who were almost put to death and who are harshly warned by a powerful group of men who certainly have the ability to put them to death for what they're doing. Then they're severely whipped. And what is their response? They keep right on proclaiming the name of Jesus. That's right. And so again, I think the example of the apostles is clear. Proclaiming the name of Jesus is worth is a risk worth taking. And they enter into that risk joyfully. They leave the Sanhedrin rejoicing. I'm not sure how we look at this and say, let's just play it safe. Yes, we, we will minister to others and proclaim the name of Jesus, but only if it's in very safe, controlled environments, as long as it isn't too costly. It's hard to read the book of Acts and feel like this is the message we're supposed to take from it. Honestly, it's hard to read the entire New Testament and come away with that kind of conclusion. The Apostle Paul speaks over and over about the difficulties he's facing, but that it is worth it for Jesus. Yeah, good point. This message is a consistent theme throughout the Bible. Well, speaking of paying a cost, the next couple chapters of Acts focus on a man named Stephen. He's the first person we read about in Acts who is martyred for his faith. And Stephen comes on the scene because we start to see some complaining and disagreement between Greek-speaking Jews and the Hebrew-speaking Jews, those who would have been from Jerusalem and Judea, over whether the widows among the Greek-speaking Jews are being getting overlooked when it's time to distribute food. So the chapter before, Satan is trying to stop the spread of the gospel with threats and danger, and now we see him trying to sow seeds of discord in the church. And a group of men step up and choose to serve the church by attending to those issues, and chief among them is Stephen. You know, servant's heart, team player, loyalty, Stephen's got all that going on. Not to mention trusting God. We don't know a lot about Stephen, but chapter 6, verse 5 tells us that he was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Yes, and then in verse 8, he's described as being full of God's grace and power, and he performed great wonders and signs in Jesus' name. So this is the intro that we get about this first martyr. And, and I think he knew the risks he was taking, just like the apostles did. No doubt. And this event, this unjust killing of a godly man, ends up being the catalyst for the gospel to begin to spread out into all of Judea, Sumeria, and the ends of the earth. Nothing can thwart the plans of God. Amen. Well, Brad, we are about out of time, but we will continue our look through Acts in future episodes. It's been so challenging to look at the faith and courage of the early church today. Indeed. I look forward to continuing to be spurred on by their example. Me too. That's all from the One Link podcast. Join us next time as we continue to learn from God's word. 